You're listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, a place where hope and reality converge. Matthew chapter 1, if you have your Bibles this morning, we continue with this, this Christmas series of the homecoming and coming back to a place where God has called us, what God has for us. And uh, sometimes on the journey along the way, we need to go back to uh, some things that we may have left behind. And here it is, this Christmas story that we tell begins with Mary and Joseph and this, this young couple who began a journey and they went all the way back to Bethlehem, about three or four days worth of travel. And this Christmas story begins with this journey. And so this Christmas season, we've been looking at this journey and how it applies to our life. In the first week, we talked about the, the need to return to where we belong. And the reason that they traveled to Bethlehem is because the Bible says that Joseph belonged to the house of David. He belonged to Bethlehem. And because that's where he belonged, that's where he had to go back to. Today, we belong to Jesus Christ. And through the cross or through a relationship with Jesus Christ and the work that he's done, we are restored to our relationship with God. And how many know that when you come to God, it is a place of restoration? Just like in Bethlehem, it's where where Benjamin was born. And uh, Benjamin in Isaiah 35 was born in Bethlehem, and he was called the son of my right hand. And then Jesus, centuries later, is born in the same city, and he became the ultimate son of the right hand because he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession or working or praying on our behalf. And so when we come to where we belong, Along. It's a place of restoration. And how many are thankful for a God who restores, a God who takes the old and makes new, the God who takes old things and takes our, our, our old creature and causes us to be a new creature. Last week we talked about the importance of returning to the place of the promise. Of course, you would ask Mary and Joseph, why did you go back to Bethlehem? And they would say it was a political matter. It was life circumstances that surrounded us. And we talked about the importance of living our lives, not in view of life circumstances, but living our lives in view of God's, of God's promises. Because we would look at that and they would say it was political reasons that took them back to Bethlehem. But we know it was a greater reason, and that is that Bethlehem was the place of the promise. That in Micah, it was prophesied that there would be a, the, the Messiah would come out of Bethlehem. And so us in our lives, we've got to return to the place of the promise, being careful to not live life according to life circumstances. Because how many know when you live according to what you see, it can really mess you up? When you live according to what you see, it can overwhelm you. It can, it, can, it, can, it can take the life out of you. It can overwhelm and become difficult. But when we live life not according to our circumstances, but according to God's promises, because every promise that he has given is absolute, and it's his word. We said last week that every time God spoke, he speaks promise. You and I speak English, but God speaks promise. Every time he opens his mouth, he speaks a promise, and we hold on to the promises of God. Maybe some of us last week, or maybe even today, you're hearing this for the first time. You need to hold on to some promises, some promises for your children, some promises for your finances, for your future, and holding on to those promises and not living life according to what you see, but according to what God's Word has spoken in your life. Today we continue. We're going to take a look at returning to our commitments. Joseph, of course, this individual, and, and Joseph and Mary, they're on this journey together, and the main reason they're on this journey together is because the Bible says that they were pledged to be married. In Luke chapter 2, it says that, that Mary was pledged to be, be married to, to Joseph. There was this pledge, this commitment that they had, and because of this commitment, they're traveling back to Bethlehem together. So 
in light of that this morning, our homecoming today is going back to, some, to our commitments. Returning to some commitments. Returning to our commitments. Each and every one of us have, have made commitments. We've made commitments to one another. We've made commitments to God. Most of our commitments and all of our commitments are all based around relationships. And we're looking today, asking the question, is our commitment today just as strong as the day it was when we made it? Are we just as committed today to those commitments we made, whether it be to our, our spouse, whether it be to our, our children, most importantly to our relationship with Jesus Christ? Are we just as committed? I'm not going to say more committed. It's not a matter of being more committed. It's are we just as committed as we were on that day that we made that commitment. That day that you committed your life to Jesus Christ. That day that you said to Jesus, I'll lay down everything and I'll follow you. Are we just as committed today to the things that we have made and to those, to those commitments? Last week it was about the promises that God makes to us. Today it's the promises that we make to God. And maybe there's some commitments that here today as you hear this message, some things in, in your heart that you need to, to pick back up and go back along the way and pick up again. Some things that, that unfortunately may have become loose or, or we become uh, unfortunately lazy in our perspective. And, and that's just a reality. Sometimes life does that. Sometimes along life's way we can get lazy and sloppy and, and not as committed as we should be. Even in our work ethic, sometimes we can, we can get lazy in those things. We can, we can just pass things off. But asking ourselves today, are we just as committed today as we were when we made that commitment? Matthew chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, we're going to take a look at this story. And it is Matthew speaking specifically about Joseph. Matthew gives more detail or gives different detail than Luke gives. Luke gives a, a lot of the chronological things that, are, that you can put together. But here Matthew focuses on Joseph. And we, we've got to see that, that uh, the role, that, of course, that Joseph played. And that's what we're going to look at today, the commitment that he had. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 1. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Everybody say quietly. We're going to come back to that word. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will come, conceive a child, or the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, Jesus, or Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Father, I pray that you would give us insight today. Help us to hear your word. Lord, not just the word spoken from, from the, the, the lips of a man, but God, the word spoken from your spirit today. Speak to us where we are, and God, help us to, to hone in on those commitments, those things that, God, we might give you the best of what we had, like was represented of our children. God, bringing an offering, may it be the best of what we can give you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Joseph is an amazing individual. Most of the, the individuals you can look at in the scriptures, when you see them being written about, what honor and what integrity, what story there is. 
But I want to give us a story maybe you haven't considered about Joseph. We know what, an inner, what a, uh, a, a man of integrity he must have been. But here is Joseph. He finds the woman of his dreams. And after finding the woman of his dreams, he gets the permission. They get the permission of their parents or the approval of their parents to be engaged. Their culture different than our culture because in that culture, when you became engaged, it was a binding agreement. The only way you could break off an engagement in the, in the culture of their day is by a divorce. Divorce wasn't just for marriage. It was also in the, the respect to engagement. And so they had gotten the approval of their parents. They've now been engaged. And while they're engaged, somewhere along the way, Mary either tells Joseph or Joseph it comes to light and understands this. And the reality comes forth that while they're engaged, Mary is pregnant with a child and it doesn't belong to Joseph. As the world of Bethlehem turns, my, my, my. I'm sure they were tuning in trying to see what was going on this week on the the stories. And you know, it would have been a story. Everybody would have been talking. And here's what it was for Joseph, his reputation. His reputation is now on the line because he was an honorable man. He was a man who honored God and served the Lord. And he he had nothing in his heart to, to, to want to do anything but to honor God. And so he gave consideration to what he would do because his reputation is that he has either been unfaithful and not committed because even in that engagement process, it meant you were committed, you were bound. There was a, a binding agreement in your relationship, but it also meant that you were, you were separated. It wasn't a, a relationship where you, would, where, where you would share together, where you would, you would have intimacy or anything until marriage. And how many know it still stands today that intimacy belongs in marriage and sexual relationships belong in marriage between a husband and a wife who is bonded in the works and the truth of Jesus Christ? And everybody said, where the Lord isn't old-fashioned, it's truth. (laughs) It's truth because it remains and sustains us so that we don't have to have lives so complicated and injured and hurt along the way. It's God's Word. Young people, don't ever forget God's Word is true. Here it is, Mary is in this place, and Joseph makes this decision. What is he going to do? The town's going to find out his fiance is pregnant. It's not good for his reputation. It's not going to go well. So the Bible says that he decides to divorce her quietly. Here's the important thing we understand. He was divorcing her quietly because he had two options, because he was a man who honored the word of God. Joseph would have been a man who was looking at every way to honor God. And he was looking at this situation saying, okay, my fiance is pregnant. And according to the law, according to the word of God, I've only got two options. And according to that custom, that culture, uh, that culture, his only option or his two options were this. He could divorce her or he could take her before the leaders and have her stoned. According to Deuteronomy 22, that's what it says, that if there's a woman who is caught in, in adultery, that you're to take the woman and the man, and you're to bring them before the leaders of the, of the temple, and they're to be stoned to death publicly. And so Joseph had two options. Now let me just interject here and say to you today, we're talking about commitments and talking about commitments in our, in our relationships, maybe work ethics, all of those things. I want you to hear this message today, not from the perspective of today looking backwards, because God is not concerned today with your commitments of what has happened from here past, because if you are in Jesus Christ, when Jesus looks at you or God looks at you, he sees the blood of a perfect lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ who covers you. So this is not a message 
message of condemnation about what your past commitments have not been. This is a message of encouragement to say, let's let our commitments from this moment forward be according to God's word and honoring God. So I want you to know right off the bat, if the enemy's trying to make you feel, con- feel condemnation because of misconduct, commitments from this point past you've got to know that is under the blood of jesus christ you've got to let that be gone and say to god today i'm moving from this place forward are we all good with that i just want to make sure we're all on the same page because i don't want you leaving here saying i've got all of these miscommitments or these failed things in my past because god doesn't look at your past he looks at this moment and when the blood of jesus covers our lives when we are in christ none of the past matters that is good news So I'm talking today about where we are moving forward, all right? So don't let the enemy put those thoughts in your mind of, oh, I'm not good enough, I don't fit in here because, you know, my past, my past, my past. Well, you know what? We all have it. It's called our past. And there's a reason why it's called the past, because it's supposed to stay in the past. The blood of Jesus has redeemed us. He set us free. And we can go from this place forward. So I want you to hear that as we're sharing this word today. These are your commitments that you need to pick up from this moment now and carry on that God has for you. Joseph has two options, and his two options are to divorce her or to stone her. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but think about the potential and the power or the authority that was in Joseph's hands. Joseph had the potential of putting to death the mother of Jesus Christ. Think about that. Have you ever thought about that before? That Joseph could have, in that moment, Joseph could have brought his, his fiance in front of the council or in front of the teachers of that day and could have, according to Deuteronomy 22, could have had her stoned to death. But he decided, rather than doing this publicly, he decided he was going to divorce her quietly. Can I tell you, the first thing that we need to be careful of is that we're not so quick to be justified in ourselves. Here's what made Joseph so amazing. Joseph was not looking to be justified Joseph was only concerned with honoring God Joseph wasn't worried about being justified here's what happens if he was worried about being justified here's what he would have done hey I need y'all to follow me cover bring Mary get her from the house bring her over here I'm gonna get the the teachers and the leaders we're gonna have them come together and I'm gonna let the whole town know she's not that good she's been unfaithful something's wrong and we're gonna bring her in front of everybody no questions asked I'm justified this is right I know she's pregnant she's with child it's not my child so according to the law I have the right to have her stoned Am I being true? I mean, according to what I read in the scripture, he had that opportunity. And when I think about the potential that was in Joseph's hands, can I tell you today, I don't think you realize the potential that's in your hands. I don't think we always realize the potential that's in our hands. All developed by our commitment. All foreseen or or put about by the commitments that we make. But Joseph had a different way about him. The Bible says instead of publicly or loudly condemning her, he planned to divorce her quietly. See, there's something about being quiet. And here's number one. I've got to commit myself to God to say, God, I want my focus not to be on being justified, but being righteous in your sight. Because when we make justification our, our, our desire, we take matters into our own hands. And how many know we could have had a different story? I mean, I, the, God knew what he was doing. So there's no way this would have messed up because God knew what he was doing. God knew the man he was picking. God knew the woman he was calling. God knew he could trust him. But I'm only saying to us that this story, he had the potential that he could have stoned or he had the opportunity to stone the great potential that was in his life. 
Can I just kind of flip the mirror on us today and say, Jason, what great potentials have you stoned in your life because of your lack of commitment? Because of your sluggish obedience? Because of your selfish focus or your own ways? Does that make sense this morning? What things have we stoned or put to death that were of great potential because we had a lack of commitment? You see, God's power is not displayed in great dreams. God's power is displayed in great commitment. It's one thing to have a great dream for God. Oh, you can have dreams. But it's a whole other thing to display the power of God when you have a commitment to trust and to walk through and to honor God in the midst of the difficult time, in the midst of the labor pains, if you would waiting for God to produce, waiting for God to bring forth something great that he has in your life. We understand it in the natural, that it begins with the dream and a hope, but the process before it becomes reality brings about labor pains, brings about discomfort, brings about in our lives. And here in our lives, what is it that we, what, what is it that we are commitments that we're following through in our relationships and the places that we are I, I'm, I'm just moved and just, uh, just thinking that whole fact that Joseph had the potential of taking matters into his own hands. Let me give you a couple things for our commitments. I don't know what commitment it is. Maybe it's a commitment in your marriage. Maybe your commitment in your relationship, the, the relationship that you're in, that you're committing yourself. Number one, committing yourself to God. Maybe some things that you, you told God in your youth that you, would, that you would honor and give him. I want you to know he's still walking with you. He's still desiring to bring about those things that he put in your heart, even at a young age, holding on to those things that God has desired, designed you for and desiring to do in your life that you allow him to bring that about in you the commitments are giving birth to greater things in our lives and your commitment our commitment is going to bring about those things that God would desire let me give you a couple things from Joseph here that we can to challenge us on our commitment let me just give you all three of them then we'll go back and talk about them number one be quiet number two believe God and number three, begin again. Now, hear me. let me start with be quiet. If we're going to go back and pick up the commitments and follow through what God has for us, this word that Joseph decided to do, the Bible says that he decided, he made his mind up, that he was going to divorce her quietly. Rather than his other option, he only had two options. But while he was quiet before the Lord, God opened up and gave him the third option. It was in that quiet moment. You see, we sometimes miss the opportunities to see God do something great because instead of allowing ourselves to be quiet to hear what God wants to do, we've already convinced ourselves in our minds what we ought to do, what the right thing to do, what the justified thing to do is, and what we ought to do. And so we make up our minds. How many have ever done that before? I've got my mind filled with why I'm right. I've got my mind filled with why this is justified. I've got my mind convinced and I know. And all I've done is hit replay on why I'm right and they're wrong. I'm right, they're wrong. This is right for me to do. This is the right thing. But if I don't ever quiet myself to hear God, I'll miss what God wants to speak in that moment. We were at a meeting not too, uh, just this past week and there was a pastor's wife that came in. As, uh, uh, we were gathered there with pastors from around our, our area and uh, as we were there, this uh, pastor's wife traveled in to share her story and this was her story. 
Her story was that she was sick of this, the, the life of being in the ministry, that it was too taxing, too difficult, and she said she made up her mind she's leaving her husband because it's not worth it. There's no happiness. There's nothing. It's, it's difficult, so she's leaving. She's got her bags packed. She's sitting in the living room. He's got another late meeting. He's not there. She's waiting to call the taxi or waiting to figure out either to get a taxi, take the other car, or which vehicle to use, how to get there, but she's convinced and made up her mind she's leaving. As she sat there, she said it was so quiet, but as she sat there, God began to ask her questions. And as God began to ask her questions, she had to answer now, not from her justified point of view, but according to the word of God. And she said in that quiet moment, God began to reorchestrate and redo the thoughts and put things in perspective. And she literally came to a matter where she said, I've got to, this is not about what I want. This is about whether or not I'm honoring God. And so she made that commitment. She said the story was that within three years, they recognized that because of the things she did, the things that she recognized, that her marriage was better in a matter of three years than it had ever been because she was at a place of saying let's give up on it let's throw it away let's lose commitment let's give up in the midst of this but instead was able to be quiet and to hear God's voice and in hearing God's voice God revealed in her some things that she could do some things that God was working in and in that moment of trusting God in that moment of being quiet she was able to hear God speak something of life you see sometimes I just need to learn how to be quiet and say God help me not to process what I think. Help me to process what your word says. You ever had to do that? Because God, in my mind, I'm convinced I've got, the right, I've got the right standing here. I'm justified. But God says you being justified is not as important as me being glorified. You being justified is not as important as God being glorified. And Joseph was a man who made his commitment to not be a man justified, but a man who God could be glorified in. Not a man of himself and making that our commitment, our desire. There's a, there's a moment where we have to be quiet. Here's number two, we have to believe God because when he was quiet, God gave him a third option. Here's what God said to him. The Bible says that as he considered these things, he had made up his mind, he considered these things. And then as he considered these things, he fell into a sleep and as he was sleeping, an angel of the Lord came to him and the angel of the Lord said, Joseph, you don't have to be afraid. This, this child that, you're, that you're, your fiance is carrying is of the Holy Spirit. It has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but that takes a lot of faith right there. Joseph had to believe God. If we're going to be at a place of picking up our commitments and carrying on with what God has, we've got to be quiet, but we've got to believe God. How many know believing God means standing on some things that might not seem even possible, but because we believe God, we believe the one who's able to make things that are impossible possible. How many know that we serve that kind of God who does things that might be impossible, and there's a situation that you might be in, and you're saying you've got reason to give up on it or to not stay the course or to not be committed, or not to, to keep steadfast in that. And whatever reason you could come up with, you're forfeiting the great blessing or the great miracle that God wants to do in your life. You say, and maybe it's a, a commitment, a relationship. Your relationship seems torn and seems difficult. I want you to know, let God's glory be displayed in your relationship that is restored and turned back to God. Don't give the enemy glory because of what he can tear apart. Let's be people who are committed to give God glory for what he can bring together. 
Let's not be be those that are statistics. Let's be those who display the power of God in our lives. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week.